0: Thank you so much for tuning back into the Assist Podcast. I am your host Jordy Blaine, and we are so happy to have you back with us. This is our third episode, and with every episode, the whole Assist team, and as well as myself, we become so excited that we're slowly but surely starting to build more episodes and building a community. So we want to thank you for being with us. Today's topic is all about overcoming. The guest that you're about to listen to has gone through the roller coaster. That is life, but it's come out on the other side and is now standing in his authentic truth. So enjoy. Welcome back, everyone, to the assist podcast. Today is our third episode, third guest, and I'm so, so excited about this guest. He's an executive leadership coach. He has been featured and Forbes. And now he has a book on Amazon and he's joining us today. Michael Seaver, how are you doing?
1: Beyond well. Thank you for your time, Jordi. I appreciate it. Oh my
0: gosh. Thank you. We were so excited to find someone who seems so interesting, strong, and open-minded to come on. I know you're a busy guy and we're just really thankful. Of course. So let's just dive in. Before we get too much into what you're doing now, we kind of like to know a bit of our guest background. I know you live in Arizona currently, but can you kind of tell us who you were and what you were up to before then?
1: Yes, of course. So I was raised in a small West Michigan town in a family landscaping and lawn maintenance and snow plowing business. So back in the day, I could cut grass and shovel dirt like no one's business. (laughs) But then at age 23, I got married and left Michigan to move to Arizona. So I've been in Arizona 18 years. Uh And the first four or five years there were both my now ex-wife and I worked in the hospitality industry, which was an amazing experience, learning customer service and and learning how to really anticipate someone's needs and various things that happened through those experiences. And then in 2008, my ex-wife decided to leave me, which was pretty challenging, but it was also an unexpected blessing. And I think this is how the universe kind of organizes itself is that on Friday, she told me that she was leaving. Mm -hmm. So that was hard. We're going to lose the house. We're going to, you know, we're going to pay this money. She's going to exit. And then Monday morning, so three days later, I started an MBA at the Thunderbird School of Global Management. Okay. Quick transition. uh, <laughs> it was a pretty gnarly experience, but one that I needed because the the path that I was going down after working in the family business and then working in the hospitality industry yeah. for four years, it wasn't my designed path. Okay. And so, hopefully, I learned and that I was meant to be a coach in the latter part of two thousand nine. Okay. So started the, the MBA in 2008, went through the first year, traveled to China, was able to have a really neat experience interacting with uh, other students from 53 different countries around the world. That's amazing. And that was so much fun. So the career management center at the time, they were helping all students with resumes and, and interview techniques and cover letters. And the coach that I was given gave me some assessments and said, you need to be in human resources, leadership development, or organizational change consulting. And at the time I didn't have the confidence to really believe that, but she convinced me. So as a second year student, I coached first year students on resumes and cover letters and interviewing techniques. And I absolutely lost track of time doing it. And that's how I knew I was meant to be a coach.
0: You found your little niche.
1: I found it and I didn't know it before then. So it took me 29 years to find it. And so when I finished the degree, I went to a very large not-for-profit healthcare system as the director of talent sourcing. And I did that for a couple of years and I had the nice house and I I had the nice car and I had the money and all of those things. And I was so immensely frustrated and sad just because it was like, I thought that these things that society says were so cool. I had them all and and I felt completely, completely, Right? no. So I made a promise to myself in February, 2011, okay. that in the next six months or so after that, that I was going to start my own business. So October of 2011, okay. almost 10 years okay. ago from the time of this recording was when I launched my coaching okay. practice. And, yeah. and so that's where I got into this place of initially helping people with cover letters and resumes and a little bit of leadership development. Yeah. But it, over time, my practice became more of a, started out as resume writing and helping people find a career. Okay. And then all of a sudden it became communications coaching and training. So I was certified to use the DISC assessment and a motivators assessment and things around core values and emotional intelligence. That was immensely helpful for me. And then all of a sudden the business became personal branding coaching. And then as I did that for a couple of years, I moved a little bit into change management consulting around 2018, 2019. So 2020, as we all know, was a really big year. Uh, Yes.
0: Yes, we do. Yeah.
1: So, twenty twenty, when the pandemic first started, March, April, May, I realized that all of the things that I had been kind of accumulating in terms of experiences, I knew it was finally time for me to work up the courage to tell my story. Yes. So, I spent the summer of twenty twenty working on and with a writing coach to to write a book, which was published at the beginning of this year, January twenty twenty
0: one. Right, 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 right.
1: So, and And it's popular. This year has been yes, thank you. And, And that's the thing is, I didn't know what to expect, right, because when I first started with the writing coach, she said that, you know, the average book around the world these days might sell a thousand copies in its useful life. Okay. And so, you know, I, after the first six months, I had already passed about 325 or 330 copies, really? but I, I didn't really care so much about the number of copies sold. What was really interesting for me was the process that I went through in writing The it, healing probably and Big time. That's exactly what it was is that I went through a massive quantity of healing because the opening chapter of the book talks about me contemplating suicide. Right. Like I didn't want to be on earth at all. Right. And 2020, because that, that event, when I contemplated suicide was May of 2019.
0: Okay. So and then fairly recently,
1: 2020. Yes. Only okay. just a couple of years okay. ago, two, two years ago, basically. And so the summer of 2020 was very healing because I told my story, I reflected on the lessons that I learned, right. I really integrated all of this these experiences into the book. So the thing that was really interesting to me after the book was published was how it became a thing in West Michigan where I was raised. Like oh, it really became sure. a thing where all of the people in the small town in which I was raised were getting copies. They were reading were it, they were gossiping.
0: Social... <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Definitely. And then a CFO in Sacramento, California reached out to me after she read the book and she said, I think we need to do a reading group or a mastermind or an executive roundtable based on your book. And it was something I had never considered. Sure, totally. So now all of a sudden there's this, I feel great telling my story. The people in my hometown are loving it. I'm getting messages from around the world Uh about people who have read the book. And then I have this opportunity to launch uh, what I is now referred to as the you and I know circle. Ken? Yes. Right. Which is the, the book club Ken? effectively. Yeah. And so the impact has been incredibly profound. So I say all of this to say yeah. is that I, I started out in this small West Michigan town full of challenges, full of hardships, full of struggles at age 28, 29. I was able to through Pam's help, the coach at the school, I was able to uncover my life's work, right? What I was meant to do. And now from age 30, I'm 41 years of age okay. now for the next 10 years, I'm you know, basically going to help other people overcome the exact same challenge that I had yeah. when I was a kid, which was, I was always a robot inside of my family business. The career coach at school taught me how to be authentic. I now spend almost 100% of my time helping other people become the most authentic version of themselves. How amazing. And that means the world to me.
0: Absolutely. Like actually fulfilling work.
1: Yes. And I think that's the the hard part sometimes is that society is such at a weird point in its transition and it's an ascension, if you so will, right. that it's so hard to watch the things happen via the media mm-hmm. or the news media. Mm-hmm. But I also know that if I'm an example right, of what's happening conceptually across the world, this is that people are learning to use their voice in ways they never had before. Right. And people are standing in their authentic truth and people are pushing back against the systems that might've been oppressive. Mm -hmm. And they're starting to really walk into this place of saying, I can find all of the answers to life's most difficult questions inside my own heart. If I just slowed out enough to find them.
0: Absolutely. That's beautiful. So there was a lot to unpack there. You (laughs) said prior, you know, before all of this success, you were in the hospitality industry. How long did you have to continue doing that before you could take the full leap and were like, I'm ready to leave this and go all out on my own?
1: Yeah, the the hospitality industry happened before the master's degree. Okay. Okay. It was the, yeah, working inside the corporate world for two years, that was really beneficial in terms of experiences, being able to implement projects, meeting people. So when October 2011 came around and I said to myself, I'm going to make this transition, I quit the job cold Turkey, which was a blessing and a curse. I can imagine because, <laughs> <laughs> because the, the, I knew I needed to exit the environment and be in a much more uplifting, mm-hmm. engaging environment. So what I ended up doing in those first few years from basically 2012 through 2014. So for those first three years, yeah. I was building my business nights and weekends okay. and whenever I could during the day, but wasn't always making enough money. Cause I just didn't have a big brain. So, I, t- I taught classes okay. at a local university for about a year and a half. And then for about a year and a half, almost two years, I worked at another university as a career coach to master's degree students. Okay. Yes. So for 40 hours a week, okay. not during the, that was like one of those things where I was able to coach and get a lot of practice as a coach. Right. I was able to build up a strong network because I coached about 300 people while I was there. Wow. And then, so January 1st, 2015, when I went fully out on my own, I, I already had a built in network. I had a brand. I had a process. I had something I could sell. I had a website. And so I utilized working for those organizations part time or a little bit full time. They paid for my bills Lovely. and they helped me to build out the website and all of that. But now I'm at this place where I can do it all completely alone without having to rely on any of that. And it makes me feel tremendous.
0: Which is huge. You know, like you are your own boss. Sounds like you're in control of your own future. As well as bringing yourself the stability that's going to bring you happiness.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that takes time. And for me, I think, you know, it took about three years to get to that point of being able to make enough mistakes in my organization as I was building it for the income to be the same, if not more than what I was making as a, as an employer, but you're right. Having 100% control over where I distribute time means an immense amount to me. And I hope it does to everybody listening. Oh, of
0: course. I think we all just want to utilize, make the most of it, you know, so we can make our impact. What advice do you have for people who, you know, are kind of where you were in the beginning, where they're still going to their day job, but working towards their passion on the side?
1: I would look at this a couple different ways from the lens of first devote one, two or three months to self-discovery and really get to know yourself from communications assessments to what motivates you to what are your core values to what are those patterns or themes that seem to be running through your life. Or what are those things that make you different or unique in those mark in the marketplace? Like what's your authority or your strengths? And then when you look at all of those things, there's likely patterns across them. And then from those patterns, you could say, okay, here's my personal mission, or here's my core values, or here are my goals for the next couple of years. And then once you've set that really solid foundation, that's when you nights and weekends, right, begin to have conversations with coaches, mentors, consultants, fill in the blank, anybody that's willing to speak with you during like an informational interview so that you can have clarity about the right next steps. So then after you've gotten some clarity, maybe that's another 30 or 60 days, then it's about experimentation. And I mean that really intentionally because humans learn best. When we engage the five senses to learn experientially. Yeah. And so, number one, know the self. Number two, talk to others who have done it so you can get some clarity. Number three, experiment, right? Like, and just iterate. And when I started my business, I wrote resumes. I haven't written a resume in years. So now (laughs) I, but there's been a lot of iterations of what I do, but at the core, my mission and my core values are the same today as they were 10 years ago. But how I do the work is different. So I want people to be okay with iterations.
0: Yeah. And I think just knowing that, you know, you start, you can keep your same mission your whole life, but maybe the journey is just ends up a little differently and that's also Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, at the beginning of this year, I knew that the book was going to have an impact on people and I still think it will be bigger in the years that come as society continues this transition. And I didn't think that me hosting a book club or a series of book clubs was even a possibility. I didn't honestly believe that that was even a viable option for me and to have done it already from April through August of 2021 and to have seen the success that has come from it I now see that as a different possibility for my future. But six, seven months ago, I didn't think that was even viable. Right.
0: Well, and that just shows you how fast it can happen, you know, when you continue to chase it, which is amazing. Please excuse this brief interruption. The Assist podcast is brought to you by the Assist app, an app that lets you be hired for work or hire. So head to your app store and download the Assist app for all your assisting needs. Assist each other. Assist the world. Now back to the show so it seems like I think oh, that's the hard ahead. part right yeah absolutely it's always the hardest part is getting started
1: yes. being consistent or persistent or resilient especially when society is doing something totally different is really challenging but to what you just said a second ago jordy it's the absolute right thing to do to be 100% in control of where you distribute your time
0: absolutely you seem successful you seem like you're in a better place than you were a couple years ago when you wrote the book can you kind of walk us through what events brought you to those moments where you were like, I don't think I could go on. Can you walk us through, you know, how did you get to that low point that you were at before the happiness now?
1: Sure. Yeah. I, I think many of us go through it in a somewhat quiet way. And I made the mistake of, of attempting to do this alone. Mm-hmm. And I wish that I wouldn't have. So I had been having this feeling cause I was in a six year romantic relationship. Okay and I wasn't getting this feeling at the beginning of 2018 that I needed to end the relationship, but I couldn't really tell why okay. I just knew that I need to, but I was unsure about how that was going to mm-hmm. occur. So I decided in July and August of 2018 to end a six year romantic relationship. Okay. And at the same time, her daughter went to college. So That's tough. I went from being the head of a household to all of a sudden be in an empty nester living alone Absolutely. in an apartment. Yeah. So personally, I was very lost because I knew that I needed to transition away from the relationship, but I didn't know what was coming. So I was single yeah. and alone. Yeah. And that was really hard. scary. So very much so, very much so. So December of 2018, I decided, okay, I'm going to take a year to just work on my business and just have time for myself. So I decided to try in-person workshops as a vehicle to sell my products and services and then converting that into online courses. Yep but that was a very big expenditure financially sure. for renting space and video production yes, and the online whole thing. course creation. It's a yeah. lot. I'm glad that I did it because it taught me an awful lot about what it really takes to sell or market a workshop versus sell or market an online course, the very different things. So I learned a ton, Yeah, but the challenge that I had was, is that neither were selling. Okay, So I was in this environment where I was exiting this long-term relationship. My daughter, my stepdaughter, daughter was off at college. These business things were not working and at all. And so I got to that point of complete despair. Like, what am I doing here? Why is it that everything that I try, why is it not working? And so I went to a very dark place of wanting to commit suicide Mm -hmm. because i couldn't understand why i had been given what i thought were all these signs to make these transitions and changes in my life but the mistake that i made was attempting to make them alone and so i really want people to hear that is is that if you make these big transitions in your life please feel safe doing them but make sure that there's always someone close to you a mentor a family member a friend uh, a therapist that's licensed fill in the blank but as long as he or she or they are close that is going to make this transition far simpler so after May of 2019 and coming to that moment of, do I want to do this or not? And then choosing to stay on earth. Yeah. Wow. I spent that summer in 2019 reflecting, you know, trying to make sense of it all. What's the future of my business? Will I ever find a romantic partner? Mm-hmm. Like what are those things? Like we kind of debate and think about. And very thankfully, right. That summer of three, four, five months gave me tremendous clarity and set me down the path that I'm on now.
0: Wow. That's a lot. That's really heavy. But it's so awesome it, to sit here it, and see you literally thriving, you know?
1: Yeah. Thank so you.
0: that's, that's really special, especially for anyone listening. I think life comes like ups and downs and we can find ourselves in those really dark places, but to sit here and have someone literally telling you, you can do it and you can make it through is huge.
1: Yeah. I, as I mentioned, I wish I would have reached out to more people and had more people help me, but I, I realized through this transition that, that I can facilitate change in my own mm-hmm. life safely and okay. Cause before I was very afraid to do it or that I can stand in my authentic truth, right? Really what's true for yep. me and my soul. Mm-hmm. Cause before I didn't feel safe to do that or that I can have the resources, ideas, processes, uh, things to be able to help other people through it. So there were a lot of really important lessons that came out of yeah. that, that I try to share inside of the book. Yeah that I hope help people. And I've had people around the world reach out to me and say, hey, this thing stopped me from committing suicide or this thing helped me leave this employer, this book or this process helped me do this. And that makes it worth it because I really want to have an impact on other people. I don't want all of my pain to be for nothing. I want it to have a purpose,
0: right? That's why sometimes
1: I refer to my process as the pain to purpose journey. Like I I, I intentionally refer to it as that. So I hope people really understand that.
0: Absolutely. The hardest part is trying to figure out what are we doing here, you know? And so finding your purpose, I'm completely with you, Michael. Can you tell us about you were in that situation for people in the same kind of dark situation, if you were you now, what would you tell yourself back then?
1: So first and foremost, don't make the mistake of trying to do it alone, Mm -hmm. right? Reach out to other people. So the way that I attempted in the summer to, to try to navigate this was to, I use what's called a pain journal. And so every time that I felt pain, sadness, madness, like some sort of really, really negative emotion, I automatically wrote down what the event was, who was involved, why I felt the way that I did. And this is the important part. I wrote down the origin story of that feeling. Now, what I mean by that is that all emotional reactivity today is due to a previous unhealed wound. So what I did was is said, okay, I'm feeling this right now, but this circumstance isn't what is causing this emotion. What happened in my childhood, teenage years, or my early twenties, that was a very similar event that I felt the same types of emotions then so that I could then process that. And that to me was what helped me do the clearing. So number one, find time to communicate with other people. But number two, we have to find the origin story of the emotion. And so what I realized, and I talk about this in the book, was that in my younger years uh, living in West Michigan, I oftentimes felt like a robot in my family's business or I oftentimes felt abandoned via my family because they weren't really emotionally developed. And there were a lot of things that happened, but I didn't think about that until 2019. So then I started to connect the dots and say to myself, okay, here were the emotions and the events what some researchers call adverse childhood experiences Mm -hmm. that I had to find and say, okay, why did that occur? And what basically were the negative emotions or feelings from it? And then who have I now helped others, right? So what really helped me was what's the origin story, finding the patterns inside that, and then automatically writing down for myself, here was the event that happened when I was young, here were the emotions that I felt back then, and then the thing that made it all better was here are the lessons that I've learned from that experience all those years ago, because as soon as the brain goes from saying negative event to here were the negative emotions mm-hmm. to here are the lessons I learned. But then fourth and most important is, is that who have I passed this learning on yeah. to? when the brain says we've had this negative event or this negative emotion and we can pull a lessons learned and then we can teach someone else about it. Yes. Then it has purpose and has meaning. Wow
0: that sound that did you call it the pain journal
1: pain, pain journal, journal. Yep. that
0: sounds like it could be yeah, hugely yeah. transformative
1: yeah and a lot of people in in western countries are accustomed to a gratitude journal. yes i practice uh, that because we yeah okay and I, I think that those are immensely valuable if a person's defaulting to constantly being negative or in a, in a bad place emotionally right, right, right but in order to release the emotion we have to keep a pain journal that allows for people to understand what emotions they're feeling, because there are many that we don't normally put a name to. Yeah. And then to say to themselves, what is the origin story or where did that pain come from? So then we know a couple of things, right? If we know that there's a specific person or event or work or place that's causing the pain, we now know what to avoid or we now know what to intentionally do, or Right. we now know what to release emotionally right. in order to not keep feeling the feelings over and over again.
0: Then it doesn't live rent-free in your head, you know? You can move on and <laughs> be happier.
1: Exactly, that's a great way to say it, is that if you, know, if you want to move to this next version of yourself, mm-hmm. you have to invest the time to shed the old mental models and patterns that have been a part of your life for so long. And so it's fall 2021, as we're making this recording, it's fall. And and now is like the perfect time. Like mother earth sheds leaves, right? We get a little bit colder, right? We all slow down a little bit. So now is the perfect time for everybody listening to say, I'm going to take the next three months in 2021, and I am just going to shed. I'm going to slow down. I'm going to connect the dots. Maybe I'm going to keep a pain journal because you have all the way until spring 2022 to then blossom.
0: I love right? that. And
1: so let's let's shed now. Let's sit and hibernate and just ponder, think, come up with ideas during the winter months, around the holidays. And then when spring comes, that's when you launch into the next thing for yourself.
0: I'm going to be practicing this, Michael. That's amazing. <laughs> for the people who are sitting here listening and they're like, I really, I really want to evolve, be that next version of myself, but I'm just scared slash don't want to put in the work. What do you have to say to them?
1: I... That's a very, very common response. And so that was exactly how I felt in early 2020 when the pandemic started. And I just had to sit there for a second and I said to myself, what are the patterns of information that are coming to me? And the patterns were that my clients said that I needed to tell my story or that my friends said that I needed to tell my client stories or that there were other people saying, Mike, you, you have a book, you need to write a book. And so people just take a second and just pause and say, what is coming to you recurrently day after day after day? What are those patterns of things coming to you? And it's in that, that I think is the power because you start to recognize you can act on the patterns, but if there's no pattern or repeated information, then you don't have to take action. Right. So I recognized that there was this pattern saying that I needed to write the book. But just like you said, Jordy, I was scared. I was nervous. I didn't think my story mattered. Right. So then, I happened to be working with a a writing coach at the time and I called her and I said, we've been working together on these other projects. Do you have time or are you available to to work on a book with me? And she said, yes. Now, the reason that that is important for everybody listening is, is that if you're scared. We have to find someone around us who has already done what it is that you want to do. And this woman Laura, who is the writing coach, she lives in Orlando, Florida. Like that's where I am. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe you guys have crossed paths somewhere. (laughs) Maybe. So so Laura and I partnered virtually and we talked every other Thursday at nine AM local time for me. And that was so immensely like psychologically safe building Mm -hmm. for me because I could talk to her, we could talk about the structure of the chapter or the book, what did it mean? I could tell my story, I could think about which client stories to share. So I had to stop and find the patterns. I had to surround myself with this case, one person who had already done what I desired to Mm do, but she did a marvelous job of creating safety for me to be able to tell my story without fear of judgment or without fear of retribution or without fear of me being hurt. And so when I was writing the book, I would send her a chapter or send her you know, something and be like, I really need your honest opinion about this. What does this look like? What does this feel? So I want everybody listening to have that almost like an accountability partner, right. that buddy that's close to them, like Laura was for me, that helped me go where I needed to go in the safest way possible.
0: Absolutely. They always say that you are most like the, the five people you have around you the most. And so I think that's important. It's just being cognizant of at least like your best friends, how you guys are your healthy interactions and keeping those motivational people around you so you can you know keep growing. And it sounds like that was her for you.
1: Definitely at that moment. And so, and this is the thing is that, you know, I get probably every other month I get a, a phone call or a text or an email from her uh-huh. saying, Hey, this client is really interested in, in learning about what I do. Would you be willing to talk to them? Yeah. And so I love being able to tell the story of how Laura helped me in those moments. And now she gets to do it for other clients of hers. So I think when we do that and like, Laura was my angel in uh, those moments. Yeah. Now the role has reversed. And now I'm, you're her blessing angel, her, right? I'm helping her pick up new clients. Mm-hmm. So it, it always comes full circle.
0: I love, I totally agree. So, I mean, it seems like it almost seems like you have it all together. I know we don't always, but you know, what, what are you planning? What's your future? Like, what are you hoping to do with all the success and happiness that you have and moving forward with it?
1: Yeah. So the next couple of years, the, the messaging that I'm getting now, right. The patterns that I'm seeing now are that. I'm going to coach less, right? So I've been spending a lot of time coaching accounting uh, firms and finance professionals and finance executives. And that seems to be the audience that I've spent a lot of time with in the last couple of years. And what I see coming is, is that now that the first you and I know circle has occurred, it's been done, we've gotten the feedback, we know what they liked or didn't like. I have a feeling that I'm going to scale that model for people. Yes. So I'll probably license something from the book or license something from the model in a way that allows any coach around the world who wants to use some piece of the processes in the book that they can't. I love that. So I hope that things organize themselves well, that I can find an intellectual property attorney. I can draft some documents, put together some trainings. And if there's a coach somewhere in the world that genuinely wants to use one of the processes or help unlock potential for someone else in their sphere of Mm -hmm. influence, then maybe I have the right process or resource or tool that can help that. So instead of the one to one coaching or instead of a lot of public presentations or instead of, you know, little team trainings that I do, I have a feeling that I'll be more of a coach to coaches. Yes, I
0: love that. Mm-hmm. And that
1: there that there'll be like this product or this training or this intellectual property thing that kind of goes out into the universe that people can use however they see fit.
0: Wow, and you did that. Does that feel amazing? <laughs>
1: It does now, Yeah. you know, going through all of that hardship in 2018 and early 2019, Mm -hmm. you know, you're right. It's this up and down roller coaster of emotion. And I think for those folks who are kind of considering entrepreneurship or considering, you know, gig economy, project work, small business work, there are a lot of emotions and ups and downs. But the thing that I keep coming back to is that every day I live my life's mission and every day I get to live my core values and every day I have 100 percent control over my time. Mm And that matters immensely. And so I really want other people to know that, yeah, there are highs and lows, but you also have control at a level that you can't have through other modes of life. And having that control matters so much.
0: It's huge. Michael, thank you so much for coming on. Your story is so interesting and intriguing because you overcame and now you're sitting here successful in front of us, you know, and I think it's just inspiring to not only me, but everyone listening. So thank you yeah. so much. Where can people find you and follow you?
1: Yeah, you are welcome. And thank you, Jordan, yes. for that. The website, com. Okay. My middle name is Scott. Okay. So com is kind of the, the repository <laughs> from videos to podcasts, to 200 plus articles, to lots of media mentions, to free downloads, okay. to, I think there's three online courses. Awesome. So it's it's a repository for anybody who wants to know their personal brand or wants to become the most authentic version of themselves yeah. or really wants to walk into their power and their clarity. So it can help someone go from disengagement to engagement, I think, through the resources. So MichaelSiever.com is the best place to learn more about that stuff.
0: Perfect. Michael, thank you so, so much. We really appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah. I hope that you were all able to leave Michael and I's conversation, leaving inspired, just listening to it again. I I'm so grateful I had the opportunity to sit down with someone who was so willing to share his story with suicide and overcoming that. And we just want to thank you again, Michael, for coming on the Assist podcast. So hope you enjoyed the episode. We have so much more coming for you in the weeks to come. Come back here soon. We'll have another episode. And don't forget to download the Assist app. We'll talk to you soon.